So we are going to be in the book of Hebrews this morning. I would encourage you, if you brought your Bibles with you, to go ahead and open up there. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. <coughs> if you didn't bring a Bible with you, that, that scripture will be on the screen behind me uh, when we get to that point in the sermon. Uh, and you could probably find somewhere in your near vicinity uh, a black pew Bible as well if you would like to read out of one of those. So our youngest, uh, Baby Kai, that's how, we, that's how we refer to him in our house, Baby Kai. Uh, it's easy for Canon to say, uh, easy to remember. Um, he is almost seven months old. He'll be seven months old at a uh, week, eight, nine, ten days, something like that. Uh, and uh, he's been eating solid food now for probably a couple of months, six to ten weeks, probably around uh, eight weeks uh, and, you know, he started with the baby cereal, uh, you know, the rice cereal that doesn't have any flavor whatsoever. Uh, you know, you mix some formula and some hot water and it stirred up, but he loves it, right? It's something that he enjoyed because it was different than the formula that he was always getting. Uh, and then we kind of stepped it up always after this. And parents, no matter what age you are with your kid, you could probably remember back to this point when you started to give them the, the new foods and there was that look, that spark in their eye, They're like, what is this? thing called, you know, it's flavor. Like, what is this? Everything that I've tasted up until this point didn't have any flavor. Suddenly, like these taste buds have a point. I know they're not thinking that in depth. They're not asking, you know, big existential questions like that, but it, it is something you could see in their eye that they're enjoying this new reality. And I can remember with every one of our children, and it seems like I forget in between the, the, the three, is that when you first try to feed them that baby food, Again, looks like they're enjoying it, but you can remember this, parents. You stick the spoon with the food in, and the food comes right back out. Right? Can I get an amen from any parents in the house? They just spit it back out. It's, it's, they don't, he didn't know to, to close his mouth, to actually swallow. You know, they figure that out. Things begin to taste good. You hear the smacking of the lips when they're closing their mouth to swallow, and you know that they're catching on. And, and if you've ever gone and bought the baby food from H-E-B or Walmart or, or wherever, uh, and you stand in front of the big, massive collection of baby food, you see all the different levels, right? It starts with level one, first foods, which is usually supported sitter. Uh, and then you have unsupported sitter, a kid that can sit on his own or her own. Uh, and then you have a, a crawler, and then you have a toddler, and so on and so forth. And the food gets more and more complex. Uh, gets more and more solid, uh, and you have to take it step by step. Because if I was today at lunch, we're having tacos in the fellowship hall. I'll tell you about that again later. But if I was today at lunch to sit Kai in his high chair there at the table with us and break up a bunch of taco shells and cut up a uh, little beef as, as small as I can get it and, and some tomato and even add some jalapeno in there, then I, that would probably be frowned upon. Yes, certainly by my wife, but also probably by the authorities. They would probably view that as child abuse because you have to take it slow. You have to go by the age of where the kid is, where the development level of where the kid is, and give them step by step. You don't ever skip a step, taking step by step in the right direction. But you also don't move back a step. You don't give up the food just because they're having a little difficulty with it. You keep feeding, you keep training, and you keep moving forward. The author of Hebrews goes with that sentiment this morning in describing our spiritual life the kind of food that we eat, and are we maturing in the way that we grow? Are we maturing in the way that we consume what the Holy Spirit of Jesus has for us? He uses the metaphors of milk and meat. 
Are we staying with just milk or are we pressing forward for more, wanting to grow in our faith more every day? We have been talking about this no grow show that we are going to keep talking about for a long time in our church to know that Jesus loves us and his church does too, to grow in our love for him and others in community and to show that love to other people around us. And today we're going to center in on this idea of grow. Because one common thing, one common sentiment I get a lot in the church is Christians feeling unprepared to show the love of Christ to others, to witness, to serve in any capacity because they don't know enough. And maybe you've felt that at some point, that you, your, your knowledge of Scripture isn't as deep as you would like for it to be, your knowledge of the Spirit isn't as deep as you would like for it to be, and we can often get stuck in that place and not do what we know we're called to do, which is to go and show the love of Christ to others. Because a lot of times in the church world, we stop at the point of conversion. Let me tell you this, conversion seals your soul for eternity, but it doesn't make you a genius overnight. Just because you come down, you accept Jesus as Savior, you decide you're going to follow him, you follow through with that in baptism, doesn't mean that suddenly you're going to have this knowledge just poured into your brain against your will, and you're going to just know everything that you're supposed to know. Uh, One thing I say to people often when it comes to witnessing or sharing about their faith is that nobody is good at anything the first time they do it. Nobody rides a bicycle perfectly the first time they ride a bicycle. Nobody shoots a basketball perfectly the first time they shoot a basketball. No one does a great job at public speaking the first time they get in front of people to speak publicly. None of that happens the first time. It all takes practice, and the spiritual life is no different. No one is an expert the first time, so we should let ourselves off the hook a little bit and instead focus on taking steps forward, step by step, grow a little every day. And that's what I want you to hear this morning, the refrain, grow a little every day. Grow a little in your walk with Christ. Grow a little in your walk with other people alongside all of you pursuing Christ together. May we be a people who dedicate ourselves to knowing the love of Christ and to growing in that love a little every day. Before we look at the author, what the author of Hebrews has to say in Hebrews chapter 5, let's go to God in prayer one more time. Father, we thank you for this time together. God, I would echo the sentiment of others who have already said that, God, we're just grateful to come together as one body on this Connection Sunday. God, our two services together as one. God, we thank you for the opportunity to share in this faith. God, to grow in our own personal walks, but to do that as a body and as a community. God, we thank you that you have built us as believers and as followers of your son Jesus to be a a people, a united people, to do this walk together. So Lord, now I pray that, that you would To all of us as a whole this morning, God, that you would clean our minds and our hearts of distraction. And God, that you would, through your spirit, place in our hearts and minds exactly the truth that you want us to leave here with. And God, and through your spirit, transform the way that we live, transform the way that we grow every day. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, Hebrews chapter 5, starting in verse 11 and going through verse 14. The author of Hebrews writes these words. About this, we have much to say, 
and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Now, it is ironic, if you're familiar with the book of Hebrews, it is ironic that this metaphor of milk and meat is given because it's one of the more complex books in the New Testament, making a a very big argument the author of Hebrews is about ultimately the supremacy of Christ and the new covenant compared to the old covenant and the law. Uh, that we have victory, we have freedom in Christ as opposed to slavery under the law that was all pointing towards Christ. He is the supreme, he is the ultimate example of God. The fullness of God dwells within him is essentially what this book is about. And up until this point, or or at least in in chapter uh, four and and again moving on into chapter five and the beginning of the chapter, the, the author moves on in this argument about the supremacy of Christ and he talks about a priest named Melchizedek uh, again, borrowing from an, an Old Testament reference, uh, and he talks about how Jesus is raised up in, in the order of this priest, not the Aaronic priesthood, which was the, the main priesthood of the Old Testament. And you can see him kind of writing this, and I picture in my mind's eye him writing these words down, putting his, his, his utensil, his writing utensil down for a second, and saying, this is complex stuff. I don't know if they're ready for this yet. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to move on to something this big, this heavy. And so he stops in the middle of the argument and he says, essentially, wait a minute, guys. Are we really ready for this? Are you ready for this? I'm not sure. And he comes on kind of strong, comes on a little, uh, a little harsh with his words. At least it might feel that way if you were reading them knowing that they were directed straight at you. And he tells them, essentially, you're not ready for this meat quite yet. You ought to be teachers of what I'm teaching you, but you're not even ready to receive it yet. Instead, you need to go back and receive the milk. And he kind of starts doing that a little bit through the rest of chapter 5, a little in chapter 6 as well. He starts kind of going back and revisiting some of the the basic tenets of the faith about the resurrection from the dead. and, And he focuses on these for a little bit before moving back to his argument about the priesthood of Jesus. The Hebrew believers should have been further along at this point. They should have been to the point where they were teaching. But something happened, and they weren't gaining knowledge and obedience. One of the things that he says is that they should go back to the basic principles of the faith. If you take this Greek word, it could actually mean literally the ABCs of the faith. And so he's stopping them for a moment... And he's saying, before we move on to this heavy stuff, let's go back and and make sure that you understand the essentials of it. Now, let me tell you why I think this is important in the 21st century church today. Because it is for many Christians in the wealth of information that we have available to us, it is fun and exciting 
to talk in big theological terms, to talk about big theological questions, such as the exact nature of salvation. Did God foreordain it or was human choice involved? Like these big discussions that are important discussions that we should be having. It is fun to jump ahead to those kinds of things, to talk about exactly what it's going to look like when Jesus returns, how long this is going to take, you know, what he's going to do, what does this symbol mean, what does that symbol mean. A good, again, good conversations that should be had, but it is a temptation for us as believers to jump immediately to those because they're fun, interesting conversations and think that the basic stuff is boring and we need to move on and graduate to the end. You know, a child that eventually gets weaned off of formula, that child is never going to stop drinking milk. Just the same as us. Our, our basic, our, well, most kids, I never stop drinking milk. I saw some of you, maybe you don't like milk. Um, I love milk. There's nothing that does a body better than a glass of milk, right? So maybe water. You're never going to stop drinking water. You're never going to stop needing the most basic element. And so what I think the author of Hebrews is sharing with the people to whom he's writing that we need to hear in our day as well is that we need to master in the basics before we try to move on to those other things. We need to make sure that we have the ABCs down because drinking milk itself isn't sinful. It becomes sinful when you should be moving forward, but at the same time, if we don't have that milk, if we're not able to digest it quite yet, we need to get that down before we move forward. And then we need to move forward. Then we need to grow a little every day because one cannot both know Christ and remain spiritually stagnant. A relationship with Christ is a growing relationship. Now, your relationship might be stagnant at times. I'm not saying if you feel like you're in a moment of stagnation that you don't really know Jesus. No, I'm just saying that there's something off if that's the case. Because a relationship with Jesus is a growing relationship. The problem was that they had yet to master the milk. You're not going to get much out of a discussion of Calvinistic double predestination if you're still unsure whether or not God even exists. You're not going to get much out of a discussion on the nature of the millennium in Revelation 20 if you're still unsure exactly whether or not Christ is actually going to return or not, whether he is going to come back. Master the basics before you attempt anything advanced. If you jump to meet before you get ready, you're going to get sick. And I think we see that a lot in the church today. Solid food is only for those who have mastered the milk, who have mastered what the author of Hebrews talks about, the powers of discernment, well-trained to distinguish between good and evil. This is why I believe a biblical way to identify a problem that we see in the world is when kids who grow up in church grow up in, in kids' ministry, grow up in youth ministry, grow up in a Christian household, and then go to a college, whether it's a secular college or a private Christian college, and they are confronted with truths that disagree with, in the worldview, with the worldview in which they were raised, but they don't have the foundation in order to defend their views, even in their own mind, let alone to the person who is coming at them. It is easy in that case for them to abandon their faith because their milk mastery wasn't solid yet. 
They hadn't got the basics down yet. And because they hadn't got the basics down yet of a God who existed, who became man, who spoke everything into existence, who gave us his word that we should read constantly and consistently, who opened up lines of communication through which, again, we should pray and talk consistently and listen consistently. Because we don't get those basics down, when somebody else who's outside knows the basics better than we do and comes at us with something that's advanced, that's interesting and flashy and tells you that oh, people who like you are just ignorant and your parents are ignorant and the church that you came from is ignorant and let me tell you why. And they start quoting scripture left and right and they start quoting doctrine that you've never heard of, that nobody ever exposed you to. Suddenly in that situation, so many young Christians are in that situation today. Suddenly it makes sense to them, at least logically, to abandon their faith and to move on to this thing that seems more expert, that seems more advanced. And so let me give a word to all of the parents here today. Bathe your kids in the ABCs of what it means to follow Jesus as Savior. Every time you get the opportunity, tell them about the basics of the faith, about a God who loved them and sent his son for them. Make sure that they get that first over and over and over and over again. They're going to ask you questions about a myriad of other things and answer them, but always go back to the basics. In a world where so many people are trying to seem trendy and cool by talking about the advanced things, we forget about the basics and how deep and meaningful they really are. Because if you really understand the basics for what they are, they will blow your mind no matter how much you've known them. Amen? Can I get an amen from anybody? If you really understand the basics for what they are, that God, the creator of the universe, became man. Why? Because he wanted to come and save you from your sin and guarantee you an eternity with him. He loved you that much. He took it upon himself. He bore the sin of the world. Again, I'm saying basics as if this is some sort of like easy thing to understand. No, it is a huge concept but it is at the core of what we believe and who we are, and that in itself should wreck us every time we think about the love of a Jesus who would do this for us. And so let's master that. And then after we think we've mastered it, let's get a doctorate in it. And after we've gotten a doctorate, let's get another doctorate in it, and let's keep moving forward and forward in the basics, never letting them go. Because when we let the basics go, when we let that teaching of the milk go, then everything else suddenly has questions called upon it. And everything else loses its value if it's not tied back to the beginning, back to the basics. If you don't master the basics, you are vulnerable to deception. This is why the author points back to the basics of salvation in chapter 6 before he goes on to the reality of the priesthood of Melchizedek in chapter 7 grow a little every day. You know, if you really know Jesus, you're going to want to know him more today than you did yesterday. Uh, again, that's, I'm just saying the same thing. I've already said it in a different way. That's, that's preaching 101, by the way. Just say the same thing over and over again. Say it in a different way. All right? So I'm saying the same thing I've already said. I'm just saying it in a different way. Every day, grow a little. Keep pushing forward. Keep diving into this truth and know him more today than you did yesterday. It goes back to where we started with Ephesians 3 a couple of weeks ago about knowing the love of Christ. 
Paul, again in Ephesians 3, wanted the Ephesian church to know the love of Christ that what surpassed knowledge. He understood that it was bigger than they could ever figure out, but he wanted them every day to know more about this unknowable love. It is a beautiful reality. There is always room for growth in the life of a Jesus follower. So let me ask you this question. This is where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Are you growing in your faith life? Have you mastered the basics? Now, I use the term master loosely. You're never going to get to some point where you can check off a box and say, I've got it down. I'm not suggesting that. But I'm saying, are you, are you solid in the reality that so much of our world isn't? And, and again, we, we often move on past this, but, but are you solid in the reality that there is indeed a God that he exists, that his son's name is Jesus, who came to save us, forgive us, cleanse us of our sin. He died in person to absolve us of our sin, bearing his, our sin upon him so that we could be clean from it. And then after he died by bearing our sin, he came back three days later, declaring victory over death as well. And because of that, we too have victory over sin and death because he was the first heir. He, we are co-heirs with him. He bore the first fruits of resurrection and we get to bear those as well. Are you founded solidly in that, that this God who came to give you that is also one day going to come back and collect all the church and bring them home and live with them for eternity. And we are going to, at the foot of the throne of Jesus Christ, forever sing praises unto this God who did that for us. Are we solid in that reality? If you're not, I would love to talk to you. If you're not, the last thing I want you to leave here doing today is thinking, well, I'm ignorant, or I'm stupid, or I'm foolish, or I need to know more. How in the world could I question those things? No, that's the last thing I want you to hear. I believe that voice, if it's speaking to you, is coming from somewhere else, not from the Holy Spirit this morning. I'm here to tell you that if you are in the position where you feel like I'm not sure I'm solid on those, I would love to help you get that way. As a matter of fact, I would love to plug you into one of our groups in this church so that you can grow alongside other believers and work towards that path of understanding those realities. And then when we get those things down, you got those basics down, maybe then it's time to take the next steps to, 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 to cut up a big steak and to take a bite of some what we call deep theology. What does that even mean? I don't know. But things that are a little harder to understand, things that are a little more hidden, or at least it feels that way, and to dive more and more into this reality. Every day, you have the opportunity to grow a little. You can do it on your own, starting where you are, reading the Word of God considering other books as well, reading other people who have knowledge that you don't have, starting with a word and then looking at other people. You can meditate, what, what my English teacher wife would call reading for comprehension, where you read something and then you ask, Do, what does this mean? Not just reading through, but asking what does this mean to the people that it was written to and, and how can I apply that truth into my life? You can grow every day by doing those things on your own and of course praying Stop stopping talking, stop talking and listening to what God has to say to you, letting the truth of his word sink in. You can grow on your own every day where you are, and you can grow in this body. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what this body is designed to do. That, that's what we believe, I believe, as your pastor that, that we are here for. 
to make sure that you know that Jesus loves you and his church does too, and then to connect you to other believers so that you can grow in this knowledge, so that you can be discipled and then eventually start making disciples and showing others the love of Christ. Every day, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every day is a good day to join one of our grow groups, and we encourage you to do that. Again, if I sound like a salesman, you're going to have to forgive me because it's, I believe and the power of the church. And I think this is part of the church, but I also think when you move outside of this big group setting and you plug into a smaller group, that is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working my way out of a job here, but take it, whatever, that you should be with a smaller group of people. That's where real transformation happens. When instead of just listening to some dude on, on stage talk, you get to break it down with other people. You get to, to ask questions to maybe answer questions, to maybe help somebody else grow. Uh, you get to, with a Bible in front of you, just search out the truth. Uh, you get to talk about what, what each of you are reading in the Bible and other places, uh, what God might be laying upon your hearts in prayer, and you get the sharing and this back and forth. That's where growth happens. So again, if I sound like a salesman, it's because I'm trying to sell you on this because it's the best thing possible for you. If, if you're going to come here, I want you to move a step further. Uh, this is a, a big pitch. I get it. Some people feel awkward moving into groups. I'm telling you, it is worth the awkwardness. It is worth the awkwardness of building friendships, of building relationships. Again, every time you do something for the first time, it's going to feel awkward, and you're not going to be perfect at it. Come back. If your first interaction is awkward in a group, go back, try it again, go back, try it again. And then if, that, if it keeps not working, find another group to plug into until God leads you to the place that you have so that you can grow and help other people grow along with you. And then do it in an unstructured way as well. Outside of you know, our grow group time or our church time, find time to, to hang out with other believers, with people in this group, with believers in other churches here in town or believers in different communities and spend some unstructured times together of just being friends with each other, talking about life, about what movies you've seen, and if the occasion arises, to pray with each other, to share with each other what God's laying on your heart, what God is leading you through. Just be intentional about growing with your brothers and sisters in Christ. With them, not alone, but with them. FBC Grandview exists to ensure that every person in Grandview knows that they're loved by Jesus and his church. We want you to know that Christ loves you and that we as his church does. We as his church, we do too. And we want you to grow in love towards Christ and to one another. Once you know the love of Christ, it's time, once you get that milk, it's time to start taking the next step and to grow a little every day. And then, and we'll talk about this next week, we want you to show that love to others as well. Again, the question, are you growing in your faith? If you're not, I'm not here to make you feel guilty. I'm not here for you to feel like you're a second-class Christian. There are times in my own walk where I stagnate. But I'm asking you to do the work, the intentional work, walking alongside others, as well as on your own individually, of growing in the faith, of mastering the milk, and then daring to take a bite of the next level up, and learning a little bit every day, growing a little bit every day towards Christ. We are not meant to sit and stagnate. 
we are meant to every day take a step closer to this God whose love is unknowable, but we can know a little bit more every single day. Don't you want that? Don't you want to know Christ tomorrow morning better than you did this morning when you woke up? Don't you want to know the peace of Christ better today than you did a year ago when things were so tumultuous? Don't you want to know the the kindness and compassion of Christ better than you did when that last relationship shattered and and you were left feeling lonely and broken? Don't you want to know Christ more tomorrow than you do today? We have that opportunity for the rest of our lives. May we dedicate ourselves to it. During our time of invitation this morning, I want you to ponder that question. Am I growing in my relationship with Christ? If not, perhaps it's time to make an intentional decision right now where you are of a group to plug into. We have some handouts. We have those? The handouts? Okay. They're in the fellowship hall? All right. Joel's going to go get them. Um, So we have some handouts. Uh, As you are leaving, uh, we want you to pick out one of these. These are uh, our grow groups, all of the groups that we have in the church uh, that we would love for you to plug into. Pick up one of these. It's a yellow handout. Uh, I'll show them to you here in just a second when Joel gets back. Um, But I encourage you to do that. Pray for God's leadership and guidance in that. Uh, And then, again, intentionally, what do you need to do to set aside time every day uh, to to grow on your own? Um, What kind of commitment do you need to make to yourself? What kind of relationship do you need to start with somebody else that can be accountable to you and hold you accountable that you can walk alongside this with? Allow God to lay these things on your heart during our time of invitation. I'm down here to pray with you. If you would like to do that, Daniel's going to be at the back. If you would like a little more privacy to pray in in the Welcome center with him. But let's stand together. Um, the altar is open. You can pray right where you're at. I'm here to pray with you if you would like that. Uh, whatever you do, just move in whatever way God is calling after I pray for, for us.